Come stay and play at Live Casino and Hotel. Welcome to one of the biggest casinos in the country with luxurious clean rooms, upscale dining, and the grandest payouts. Now offering stay and play and all in packages, including $50 free slot play, VIP parking, VIP casino access, and more. Book now at livecasino.com or call 443-445-2929. At Arundel Mills, must be 21, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgambling.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back, listener. How are you? I'm glad you're doing well, and I'm glad you had a good week. My name is Aaron Richmond. You're listening to Aaron's Opinion, the podcast for blind people where we talk about critical issues in the blindness community. You know, do you guys remember me talking to Matias Alberton uh, from a couple weeks ago? I certainly do. I really enjoyed that episode, by the way. That was really interesting. Well, you might have remembered that at some point in this, in that episode from a couple weeks ago, we were saying that I should talk to a guy named Paul Clayton. He's a friend or an acquaintance of Matthias's. Um, and well, he's right here on the other end of the microphone. Hi, how are you? Hi, I'm very well, thank you. There we go. Um, the topic that I wanna to talk about today is travel. I've done a lot of it myself. I've studied abroad in England. I've been to France three times because my second language is French, been to Amsterdam, Austria, Germany, Poland, Czech Republic, Swaziland, um, St. Lucia. I've been a lot of places. What about you? Go ahead. Okay. Um, well, I started traveling um, in the, I, I guess, probably kind of the, the early 90s. Um, and I've traveled pretty much across um, parts, of, parts of North America, South America. I've done Australia, New Zealand, um, Asia as, as um, um, being quite prominent in travels. Um, I've scuba dived in Egypt. Um, I've been on safari in, uh, in South Africa. Um, but my, yeah, my, 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 so I've always had a love for travel, or whether it be with a, a specialist organisation um, that uh, people who organise holidays for for visually impaired people, or travelling with a friend of mine who is himself partially sighted, and uh, we've we've travelled we, we've travelled quite a bit together on 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 mainstream holidays. And that's that's excellent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so when you traveled with this organization before um, for visually impaired people, what, what is the name of that organization? There were two, actually. The, 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 the organization who started off the concept was, um, they were originally called themselves the Guide, Dog, the Guide Dogs Adventure Group. And hmm. they, they eventually um, changed their name to Guide Dog Holidays. So I did a number of holidays with them for several years. And the way it worked was you were partnered up with a sighted person and that person was your guide uh, for, 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 the for the day. And you basically, the groups were invariably 20 to 30, so fairly reasonably big groups, but you did get to know most people during the, during the course of the holiday. Um, now that basically ended in 99 uh, when guide dogs in the UK decided to go into the area of rehabilitation and um and move away from pro providing these additional services it was taken over by winged fellowship trust and the organization kept going and the, and the holidays remained in place for a number of years um one very memorable trip i did was traveling through vietnam back in 2000 and was it oh crikey 
got me thinking now. I think it was 2000, and, yes, it was 2002. I know, it's all a blur, with everything that's been going on, it's all a blur, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, and then in 2004, um, I, I moved away from that because the, uh, I, I, I was looking out, looking out for other options and um, I had a break from traveling for a couple of years because I'm in full-time employment as well. Um, and up until 2009, when I joined a trip uh, uh, with, with a company, Travelize, um, mm. founder of whom is totally blind himself. And um, I got I got to know him. We did a fabulous trip around around South Africa. Uh, well, we, we were based in Cape Town, and we travelled around um, various places during in Cape Town, visiting um, visiting the wine regions one particular day, uh, touring of the city. There was there's plenty of free time, um, but we, we certainly made the most of the 10 days we were out there. And again, very similar concept. The, the, the price for visually impaired people is a little bit more expensive because everyone, all, all of the sighted people on the trip are actually there as, you know, as sighted guides. And um, since Cape Town, I've traveled with them on a number of, well, I've had quite, quite, quite a few trips with them to, um, I think I've done 13 in total. Um, some of the most recent ones, including um, India and Bhutan, where we mm-hmm. uh, where we where we had the opportunity to climb up to the tiger's nest, um, which was no n- n- no easy feat trekking, <laughs> um, but but certainly brought back memories of the time when I trekked in the Himalayas. Uh, sorry, not in the Himalayas. In um, in um, two thousand and nine, when I was in Tanzania doing a charity walk up Kilimanjaro. Um, I've also been to Japan. Um, 2015 took us on a safari in South Africa, which the it's amazing it, that really was a, um, an attack of the senses. And um, you know, we, we we didn't we didn't just see blinds; we actually walked with lion cubs on on on, on one day. Uh, we visited the Victoria Falls. Uh, I had a day where I I really pushed myself to the limit, where we did an adrenaline. Um, rush uh, half, half day which involved um zip lining and throwing ourselves over the, over, the, over the gorge and all sorts so a great deal of fun absolutely absolutely loved it and in 2016 we spent 17 days in the galapagos islands um so yeah I, as you as you can probably tell i've 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 certainly traveled quite extensively. I've done wonderful. I love Travelize. I've been on several trips with them too. Yeah. Every every now, did did you know that about me before you started this episode? I, I no, I didn't actually. Well, I, I I will tell you from the bottom of my heart, I just adored every trip from Travelize. It really this episode, as a matter of fact. As a matter of fact, I'm going to send Travelize this episode because this is going to be the best promotional episode from a <laughs> podcaster they've ever had. And really, it's not like they're going anywhere right now, so it's not like they can. No. So I no, I'm going to send them this episode because I will. I I will speak from the bottom of my heart. Travelize is the best organization for going on a trip, no matter if you're blind or sighted. It, it couldn't couldn't have been happier. Um, my most exciting travelized memory was uh, a couple years ago in um, April of 18, I went on the Swaziland tour. I heard about that. I've, I really, I, I was very close to booking that myself, but I, I didn't have to leave. Oh, you could have met me that you could have met me. 
You could have met someone who didn't have a podcast then. That would have been cool <laughs> to meet someone without a podcast. Well, now you know when you meet me, now you know that I'm both a podcast and a real person. Uh -huh. that's, that's interesting. <laughs> so that was a trip um, led, and uh, she's so, so, so such a wonderful person, so sweet, such a wonderful person. Um, mm -hmm. Catherine Dixon was the manager. Oh, I know Catherine. Yeah. 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 Could could not you cannot find a better manager. Every every experience with both her and um have you been on any trips with Liz Wyke? No, I haven't touched her. Yeah. No. Another another great manager. Both are both are incredible people. Um I enjoyed every every moment of of that trip. Um but I mean, you know, there's there's different, you know, the the best part the best part about Travelize is that it doesn't matter if it's a 14-day trip in Swaziland or three days in Amsterdam, which I've done that one too. Every trip is perfect. It's just, it's just a piece of artwork. It's, mm -hmm. perfect. it's perfectly written. You can tell this organization loves traveling and they love making everyone happy. Yeah. I really hope, um, from the bottom of my heart, I really hope that they get back into it. I mean, you're over there in London. Yeah. You, aren't too, you aren't too far from Leeds. What's the inside scoop? When are they going to start doing trips? At the moment, they're looking to reach out to people. They're, 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 they're gathering anecdotes and, and stories that they can share to, mm -hmm. to encourage people. Uh, I, I think this year, the holidays, it's um, we, I think we have to be realistic and accept that things won't, there won't be any events taking place this year. Um, and it's, you know, the tragedy of the, pan, of the pandemic is it is very much having to live for the moment and, and monitor the situation very, very closely. But I, you know, I, I would totally agree with you. And um, for, for any, any listeners thinking um, the holidays might, you know, um, might look expensive, the, the number of they're opportunities- worth, They're worth it. Yeah, the number of opportunities I've, I've, I've come across where we've, we've done a tour, but, we've, we've, we, they, but they've gone the extra mile. Um, the Peru trip was, was particularly, um, particularly a case in point where we actually, we spent a day um, touring around Lima and we went to one of the museums. We, I mean, you could just spend all day in the museum. Um, very much a snapshot because we went there, we went to the cathedral. But what was striking me about the museum is they actually laid on a specific exhibition for us. They, they brought out artifacts that normally wouldn't be seen by members of the public. Um, and they, they, they've been very, very carefully selected um, because of their tactile, because of the tactile nature of of, of the items, and, um, and it was it was just it was just lovely working with them, and and it was the same it was the, the same when I was out in Bhutan as well. The the tour leader had never worked with blind people before, and by the end of it, it was it was just you know I I actually I actually said to him at the end of the holiday. Um, at, at the end of a particular segment before we flew back to Calcutta, I, you know, I said, if ever, you know, if, if ever travelized do this trip again, please, <laughs> we would, you know, you have got to be um, the, the tour guide for the, for the Bhutan's leg, leg of the, um, of the trip, because it was absolutely fantastic. I, I had looked at that one. Yeah. I mean, really the best part about travelize is I know that no matter what the trip is, it's fantastic, but yeah. that one in particular, and you know, for me, um, as an American, from the American perspective, yes, it's exhausting. You know, yes, you have to go all the way to Heathrow. But it, for me, it's, it was worth every time I did it. Yeah. I, I said, I'm so glad I did it. Um, and on 
when we, when we did sure. Japan, actually, there were people flying in from all over the world, uh, joined us at the hotel at various places. We had one, we had one guy who, who I remember actually flew to Heathrow from Argentina and then on to Japan. Um, That's weird. Which, because he, but he just said he wanted to be with the group uh, for, as long, for, you know, for, as, for as long as possible. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, he was, uh, it, it was exhausting for him because we didn't actually fly direct to Tokyo. We flew via... Um, we flew Qatar Airways, so we actually ended up going in, end up flying to Doha, and then on from Doha to um, Kyoto, I think it was, where the tour started. So, huh. and, you know, <laughs> and a few days earlier, he'd flown halfway around the world. <laughs> by the time, by so basically, yeah, so right, correct. By the time he got to Japan, he barely noticed that he was in Japan, and barely yeah, knew what day yeah. or time it was at that point. Exactly. At that point, your brain and body loses count. At that point, yeah. right. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I, I've considered, see, it depends on where, where, so if you're a customer of Travelize, it depends on where you're living around the world. You have to either, either find a way to get to Heathrow or Gatwick. Occasionally they've left from Gatwick. I've never done it. You have to basically get yourself to the UK or you could meet them in progress. Yeah. I, my personal opinion, it's in the long term probably just easier to meet them from where it starts. Probably, but it does depend on where it depends on the content of the of the tour too. Um, so, have you done any sailing trips with them? I've not done any sailing trips with them, and, and it's it's I haven't done sailing for quite some time. I think other other interests and pursuits and and, and hobbies and that um, have have come along, and I've 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 not been able to I've not actually kept up with with you know, with, with, with the sailing. Um, mm. Okay, because that is something that one of my dreams right now, well, apart from with my work and podcasting and everything I do, I sincerely hope, well, number one, I hope to get back into Travelize. But in the meantime, I want to figure out a way for me to go on a sailing trip with people who love to sail. Mm -hmm. Um, I've done a lot of sailing, you know, in rivers and bays, but I'm into an adventure. I want more of an open ocean a real thing. What, what, what advice do you have for that? Or where basically, as we say in the business, so who's the next person I should talk to? There is an organization in the UK. Um, that in fact, it was that this organization that first got me interested in sailing. Um, in, I was actually sponsored by uh, the Rotary Club in nine, in, well, it, it originally it was going to be um, 1988. It was with a company called the Jubilee Sailing Trust. Excellent. For and listener, you at home might 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 be might have wondered. Rotary Club, I believe it is similar to Lions Club International, right? It's yes. a it's okay. Yeah, similar. So similar to the Lions Club, which I'm a member of a Lions Club here. Yeah. Uh, Lions Club, Rotary Club, wonderful organization. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they sponsored you, and then what happened? They sponsored me in. It was I did that in. It was initially initially going to be in, in '88, and the la- the last paperwork that came through said you have to be over sixteen or over. So it was like okay. Um, so we they they had to push it back push it back by twelve months, um, and I spent a week travelling. We went from um, we sailed from Liverpool over to over over to Southern Ireland, and ended up down in um, in South Wales. Um, and we, it was a full working, so you you know it was pretty much it, it was no holiday, but it was a fantastic experience. Um, half the crew were um, able bodied, half half had this other disabilities. I think there were two of us who, who were visually impaired. Um, but the boat has been fully equipped and, and, and specially modified to the point where I think there were 
there were facilities for eight people with wheelchairs. All the decks are fully accessible with chairlifts and everything. They have hydraulic steering. Um, this particular tall ship is about 400 tons, but you could actually steer it with your little finger. <laughs> yeah, it's really amazing. Yeah. That's one of the power, one of the most yeah. powerful things when you sail a ship is just one tiny little motion yeah. or one tiny correction can control the entire ship. Set. It's really powerful. Yeah. yeah. Um, they have um, large. They had a large, um, large, large screen uh, radar system on board. Oh. Um, they had an audio compass, so a totally blind person could actually. Work this on is this is this is my dream come true. Okay, what's their number? How who's who's who, who's answering the phones at this place? This is exactly <laughs> what I want. This is that's exactly my dream come true. Who should I send this? I'm gonna we're gonna figure this out. I'm determined. One of my goals, at Aaron's opinion, is to make people's dreams come true. Mm. Sometimes I make my guest dreams come true. Like yours, but actually, today I'm going to make my dream come true. Where do I where do I send this episode to this sailing organization? Who who, who do you think would want to would want to talk about this? Um, oh, well, like I said, this is the the the, the um, Jubilee Sailing Trust. I'm not sure who else you would speak to. There was an organization called Sailability for a number of years. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if they're actually still in, in existence in the UK though. Hmm. Jubilee Sailing Trust. I yeah. see. And do, do you think that organization is still up and running the, these days? I think that. I, I, well, I, I'd hope they would be because they've actually, at the time when I did, when I was, when I sailed on the Lord Nelson, that was the only. Uh, that, that was they, they. They. They actually built a second um, wooden tall ship. So they, I believe they have two. And oh wow! The last I. The last I. I. There were some. One of our exhibitions in in Birmingham. I remember talking to somebody from there a few years ago, about, about two years ago. And um, the Lord Nelson was was at the time I think on a tour around um, around Australia. Mm. So I think they're very much they're very much hoping I very much hope that they are still in business because, as you say, when when, when out there on deck, you know it's it's a fully working it's a fully working experience. You know you, you're on watch for like four hours, all times of the day and night. To be up to be up there in in, in the elements with um, the, the the sound of the waves crashing around you and um, I, I'm working with a team of people. It really is good. And one one of their one of the testaments was they, they, they'd actually, as I said, they they cater for people with lots of disabilities. And they've even said so they, they, they've even had two or three cases where people have come on board at, at the start of the week or ten days or however, however long. Very, you know, fairly limited movement. There was one particular guy on crutches who was actually um, really wasn't sure of himself. And the confidence he got from actually doing doing this experience, he actually left the boat at the end of the week and then phoned the office a few days later to say, by the way, I left my crutches on board. Don't bother sending them back. I've discovered I don't need them. That's that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So so wonderful so, um, so good so good well i mean that's that's excellent so i mean what do you think if i search jubilee say well maybe may, maybe you can um uh maybe you can message it to me uh maybe you can send me some more information may, i mean maybe are they on facebook could i like send them a message on facebook this company or tweet them or i'm pretty sure they would i'm pretty sure they would be i have to say the um social media the social media thing um i i find it Quite, uh, I'm, I have no vision at all. So, mm -hmm. I, I quite a few aspects of it, I find I, I find it a little bit too visual. But I'd be very surprised if they're not um, uh, quite um, pronounced on so on social media. I'm pretty sure they would be. 
Wonderful. So Jubilee Sailing Trust, and you, and so are they? Are they British? Is it based in the? What? Where is it based in the UK? Though they're they're based in. I think they're based in Southampton. Hmm. Okay. Jubilee Sailing Trust, Southampton. All right. Well, I will certainly um, send them this episode and let them know that I'm when, when they're if they're able to do tours. So okay. So then, like, how long do the tours go, and how do they organize the destinations of the tours? This particular tour was weak, um, and at the time they were, they, I think they, they did quite a lot of sailing trips around Europe, so um, they, had, they had a few shorter tours as well, uh, but the, I, I was so pleased that the, that the Rotary Club actually sponsored me for the full seven days. Um, mm. We could have done a, short, a shorter tour for three days, but I think they felt that it was, doesn't give you long enough really, you know, you're just starting to get into the, get to, starting to get into the swing of things. Um, mm. Um, before it uh, before it ends, so I'm not quite sure how the two um, how the how the two boats operate these days, but I, th- I think it's I think it's very similar. Um, they have a, have a whole, whole, whole variety of um, tours, really. Good. So you so do you think they have like tours like all over the world, or is it mostly like in around the UK? No, they go all over. Hmm. They've, they, I know, I know they've done, they've, they've sailed across the Atlantic. Lord Nelson was um, was um, traveling around Australia for some time. Um, the what's the other boat they have? Uh, Tenacious, I think it's called. Um, so the, the, oh yeah, they 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 offer a wide range of of um, sailing opportunities. Mm, mm. How do you how do you spell Jubilee? By the way, how do they spell it? J U B I L E. Excellent. Well, that is, that is fantastic. So, um, and then your, the other experience that's really fascinating to a lot of blind people and also quite controversial actually is your interest in mountaineering. Um, or actually I should go back and I should say, just, just to be careful, um, do you consider yourself to be a mountaineer? Are you interested in that uh, hobby? What, what, what can you tell us about that? I've always been someone to try and and um, to to challenge boundaries. Uh, it's the, that the the mountaineering trip came along. I um, I first read heard about an opportunity that guide dogs were doing um, in back in oh, 1994, I think it was. Um, I've always enjoyed the outdoors and uh, try, trying trying new try, trying new things, trying new interests, um, and. It was whilst I was in the office one day and an email came through and they were, they were looking for people to take part in a charity trek up um, Kilimanjaro to raise funds for um, uh, the charity voluntary service overseas. Uh, this charity works in many of the countries in the third world, providing um, much needed support to, um, uh, uh, to people. So I, I, I sort of got, I got into it through, um, through that angle, really. Great. And then, so then what happened? What can you tell us about, you know, the experience going to, uh, I believe it's Kenya and what, what can you tell us? Right. So, okay. So what, what, what was it like traveling to Kenya and the whole experience of climbing Kilimanjaro? Uh, The whole thing, I mean, it was an absolutely, it it was a 12 month project from start to finish from the, from initially um, putting my name forward and because I didn't, I'd explained I was totally blind, and um, but they, they were they were absolutely brilliant. The the organisers and everything else. Uh, they allowed me to bring a friend with them as well, and 
um, my friend Roger had actually at that point said, well, I'll be doing, as we'll, we'll be doing a lot of the training with you and it's something I'd like to do. So we then embarked, you know, we, we were both in full-time employment. Um, we then embarked on a, on, a, on a very intensive eight months of, we, we had to raise, I think, I think we had to raise about 4,000 pounds between us. And we then had to organize all our travel and, and pay for our flights and everything. So um, the whole thing from developing the, the, the website to promote the activity, uh, recruiting people to work with us on a, a um with a fundraising committee organizing lots of events to try and you know, to, to raise to, to raise our profile to, uh, and, and to raise the funds we were we literally worked flat out um we had a 24-week training program that we had to stick to rigorously and um everything from um walks that gradually got longer and longer to lots of sessions in the gym um and also getting used to the uh, putting ourselves in a position, trying to get get acclimatised by by um, re regularly sitting this, visiting saunas and one thing and another to 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 get to, to make sure that we were sort of um, prepped for the, uh, for, for the for the conditions we were working in. Um, to actually going out to to do to doing the trip itself, it was uh, it was just such an amazing experience. Um, I'm, I'm probably not. I'm probably not doing it justice at all. We actually, uh, in in the time we got, to, uh, we're really really able to touch the surface of, uh, of of what we did. We actually we actually raised um, eight thousand two hundred pounds in the end um, for for the charity, and we actually also had the opportunity. We had the opportunity. We arrived in Tanz We arrived in in Tanzania. Um, we had the op an opportunity to visit a couple of uh, projects where we actually saw firsthand what the actual uh, where, where the money was going to and it was the most emotive experience I've, I've probably I've, I've, you know, I've gone through there was there were, there were 24 of us from Accenture from all over the world at the start of the meeting we all we all, we all met up with people there were 10 countries represented and everyone was like laughing and joking by the end by the end of the of, of, of the experience at the the Atoto, orphanage we went to um a number of the girls in the group were in were in, were in tears people could, just could hardly speak the conditions we, we we you know we witnessed was something it was absolutely that it was absolutely we were just open mouthed you could you could hear a pin drop it everyone, everyone was just so quiet um i remember coming back to the coming back to the um, hotel where we were staying staying at the time um because leah toto is it's an orphanage for HIV abandoned orphans. They had mm -hmm. 150 children there at the time. And, and there were also many, a number of children whose parents were still alive, but they just could not, they couldn't look after them. And you, you walked around, you walked around this place. And I think the thing that really struck me though, was the children were so happy. They had, they had barely anything, but they were so happy to actually to, to come up to us and talk to us and shake our hands um, and it was, re it was really sobering to actually think to, to walk around with, with, with the very, very basic medical facilities and everything else that they have. Um, we, just, we just don't know how lucky we are. And it, it's even more sobering to think that these people were actually the lucky ones. The, you know, the conditions that you were talking about, people living with um, in, 
in facilities with no sanitation, open drains, you know, the stench was, um, every, every, everything about it, there was several people, you know, you know in the room, uh, in, in just like, um, they, they were just shacks basically. Um, and you think these are the, and you think these are the fortunate people. And it, it really, it really put it into perspective. Um, but I think it, it steered us all on to the, to, to the climb itself. Uh, we left, we left the safari lodge and traveled over, traveled by uh, a, a day, a very uncomfortable minibus over to, uh, over to Tanzania. Um, where we, you know, we endured everything from a rather experienced um, border crossing to at one point the I remember the 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 vehicle space sorry the vehicle we were travelling in actually sprung a leak and there was petrol pouring out all over the place you've got the the one of the drivers standing there with gaffer tape trying to trying to 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 fix the the exhaust into place into into thirty degree temperatures and there's you know petrol spewing out all over the, um, here there and everywhere and we're just like this is unreal. Um, we were actually, my friend was videoing the whole, uh, the, um, quite a lot of the time as well. We, we actually produced a DVD. And um, at one point he suddenly realized he was staring down the barrel of a, um, an AK-47 because the security guards did not like us filming. We were like, okay, now's the time to dispose of the ca- to get rid of the camera for the moment. <laughs> um, and then we, we arrived at the, at the, uh, the lodge where after a night's debrief, we, we set out again to the foothills and we, it was then five, five days trekking up Kilimanjaro and it took us two days to go down. But you know, at, at, at the start of the, at the start of the trek in the daytime, it was plus 30 degrees. Um, we went through all, all, all of the climates, the, um, the eco climates and you know, everything from rain for, the, the rainforests at the, the, um, at the start of the trek as time went on, it gradually became colder and colder. So it was necessary for more to, you know, to wear more le- more levels to the ultimate um, nighttime trek, where you, what, what, from base camp um, trekking through the night because you you just would not be able to walk it during the daytime. Um, and we were in temperatures of minus ooh, minus minus fifteen ooh, plus. Oh la la! Yeah, ooh, yeah. La. So it was. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm not the first blind person. I, th- I think um, Matthias alluded to the, um, the fact that I was the first blind person to actually to to reach the um, he, he summit. Did, well, that he did. So is that so? So right. So at, yeah. right. So let's. I mean, so just just to pause for some for some more information. Pause for clarity. So this Kilimanjaro trip. It wasn't entirely clear when you mentioned it at first. So was yeah. was this a travelized trip or was this just a different organization altogether? No, this was organized through my work. Um, through the company I work with. Okay, good, good. Um, so, um, in in a very in general, uh, mm-hmm. w- would you would you like to tell us what your what your company does, like just in a very general sense, what it does? Generally, it's a global consultancy company. Um, I've been with the firm now for twenty years. In fact, I'll on Friday the fourth of September will be my twentieth anniversary with them. Congratulations uh, to you. you so much. good. So good. Um, All right. So this was just basically, yeah. The why was it that some people at the leadership of your company knew some of these people in Tanzania? What, like, how, like, where did this idea to get this thing started? Like, how did it get going in the first place? 
we forge lots of partnerships with organizations and charities we have a strong um accenture has a stronger corporate citizenship um, initiative globally um whose f- fundamental aim is around you know, working with um people who are disadvantaged the global initiative initiative is called um skills to succeed mm-hmm. um and uh, this particular these particular trips with with and the partnership with um with tanzania uh, and and vso were were actually set up by um, one of the, a consultant in the UK who had actually he 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 climbed Kilimanjaro uh, at, uh, on a couple of occasions. He wasn't actually on the trip that I did, um, but I, I I found out about it through through um, through him really. So um, good contact. Yeah. Well, that's that's one that's wonderful. Um, and then what other activities did you do, um, you know, after you climbed Kilimanjaro? So since, since, um, the, the Kilimanjaro trek, um, I've, oh, crikey, it's trying to, think to look back now. I've, um, I've tra- I traveled to Egypt a couple of times. Um, the, the, most of these have been, have, have been actually with Travel Eyes. Mm-hmm. So, um, in 2011, we spent a, a memorable week in Iceland, which we really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. You know, I've suggested back, by speaking of Travel Eyes, I was suggesting on one of my last trips, um, which, was the, which was the Rhine River cruise um, in the winter, just a couple months ago, so worth it, just... <laughs> Utterly, utterly magnificent. I was saying though that travelers should do Greenland. They should, they should do Greenland or Faroe Islands and sort of do like a Viking adventure where they yeah. take you to the, to the Viking settlement. Mm-hmm. 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 No, I, I sincerely hope they will do because I mean, I'm sure, I mean, um, I've had, I had, I've had a lot of great experiences with travelers. So. Um, Following Iceland, I did the Golden Triangle, the fir- the, their very first trip to India, mm. uh, the Triangle, which um, I think the length of the trip, they were sort of piloting it, so it was over 10 days, which is probably a little bit too short. Um, yeah. But the, again, it was, well, the, oh, that was an interesting trip in itself, because unfortunately, I was unfortunately robbed um, whilst we were at the Taj Mahal. Um well, let me let me let me help you to let me help you to feel. But two funny stories about that. Funny funny story number one. When I was in Nice, um, a guy started to rob me, mm-hmm. and and I started yelling at him in French, and then he got upset because I was accusing him of being a thief. Now, <laughs> now you know, I mean, like, how did I hurt his feelings? You know, I mean, it's about class, right? <laughs> You know, yeah. I mean, there's there's a criminal class, and and they they have a lot of pride. No no joke. The criminals in France have a lot of pride. So it's like, you know, who are you to call me a thief? You're, you know, that's 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 my that's my business. But then the irony is, well, you know, I mean, if a blind person catches you, you aren't you aren't doing a very good job of it. No. Other funny other funny story. Um, actually, actually, it's kind of dark humor when on the riverboat cruise that I took a couple months ago, my brother. I have one brother who is sighted and my sighted brother came on the trip as like a guide. So mm-hmm. we, um, and everything's fine now. Everything's been more than resolved, but we get to Dusseldorf and the people at the airport lost his luggage. So, <laughs> so he's, 
he's only 20. He was only 21. So it was very embarrassing and traumatic and it like really creeped him out. And then of course, so then he had to go to stores. He had to go to stores in Germany, but he does, but he doesn't speak German. So, you know, there was that whole ironic uh, humor the entire time. And then the, the, the story was, is that, um, I can't remember either. He bought shirts and no pants or pants and no shirts. But mm. we were wondering, well, why didn't you buy all of the clothes? Well, I don't know. And then he said, well, I was just trying to save money. <laughs> <laughs> so in the end, Liz Weick was, um, if she was on this call right now, she would she would attest to the fact that she yeah. was very traumatized and highly annoyed, highly frustrated by the situation. But in the end, my brother and I get back to the States. <clears throat> he buys all new clothes, buys all new stuff. And then two weeks ago, he get, and then, or well, not two weeks ago, two weeks later, he gets some weird call from Dusseldorf, Germany. He thinks, I should probably answer this. And it was some police officer saying, oh, yeah, okay, your, your bags were in the airport the whole time. We'll just give them back to you. Oh, man. It was, it was, it was bizarre. That whole, yeah. and then that whole experience of just getting to Dusseldorf that day was, was just, it was just freakish. I mean, it could have been a YouTube, that could have been a YouTube video. Let, let me tell you. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, the moral of the story is when you travel the world, whether you're blind, sighted, whether you get robbed, you know, these weird and unusual and, and in the end, Hum slightly humorous things happen when you travel. That's a side effect of traveling the world. I mean, yeah. I've been I've been blessed. I've been unusually lucky. Um, my passport has never been stolen, and um, I've been to Poland. I've been to some some countries with somewhat questionable people yeah. sometimes who would have. But I've simply gotten lucky. It's a really it's a matter of time. If you travel enough, eventually. You have to make that call to the embassy. You have to say, hey, sorry, passport got stolen, and they just yeah. you buy a new one. It, ha has it ever happened to you? I've been very lucky. Oh, thank the, God. Good, thank yeah, God. I've been very, I've, I've been very fortunate, really. <clears throat> I mean, um, you sort of, as you say, it's take the plunge, because if you, if you think something's going to happen to you, it probably will. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you actually go in with an open mind, and uh, I mean, we've, we've, we've been in situations, we, I remember one time in Amsterdam going into a bar, and um, we were just minding our own business. The next thing they, they, I think it was mistaken identity because they suddenly momentarily became quite aggressive and were like, well, finish your drinks and go. And we said, well, okay, what do we do? I mean, I mean in the end, I, we, we just said to them, well, if, is, is everything okay? Is something, has something happened? You know, we've, we've only been in here five minutes. And they, they, they apologised. They said, oh, look, really sorry, we, we mistook you for somebody else. And we, we, we just know, we just thought, well, let it go, there's really no problem. Um, we went to, my, my friends and I, we, and we did this trip mainstream actually, we, went, we our, our, first, our first experience in America where we, we did the, um, the West Coast, starting and finishing in LA, and we took in um, mm, mm. Vegas and various other places. That looked cool, you know what? That looked really, that looked wonderful. They, every trip is for the, the one, they did one to, um, this particular trip wasn't travelized. It was, oh. um, it was with, it was with a company called Cosmos and they'd, they'd said to us one day, do not go <clears throat> to a particular area in, 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 um, in San Francisco. 
and we got we got lost we missed we missed with the signs and we ended up walking straight through the area they told us not <laughs> 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 and the, the winos sort of around but absolutely no problem at all we walked we walked into this i remember we, we walked into this um into this um into the sandwich bar and the the the, the, the woman behind the counter sort of shrieked as we came in. She said, my God, there's two white people just walked in. And they couldn't have been more hospitable. They, they couldn't have been more hospi- hospitable. They were absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, do come again. And, yeah, anything we can do for you. Um, the, you know, the guy pointed in the right direction back to the hotel. It was just such a... <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, um, there are uh, certain... In, in America, you know, we have a lot of struggles and problems, just like there's problems everywhere. Mm-hmm. And um, it's um, certain, maybe certain neighborhoods and certain areas of cities, some of the time are more popular with certain people. So, yes, that is, that is, that is interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of funny, um, <clears throat> and a lot, a lot of funny things happen, a lot of ironic and strange things happen when you travel, but then you look back and it's just, it's, the comedy level is just hilarious. Oh, yeah. Um, I didn't do it, but I know that Travelize did some sort of a trip in the past where they went to um, like Yellowstone or they've done Yosemite or, I know they've done the parks in the West, right? Yes, yeah. I do remember the trips. Again, I, I didn't do those particular trips because we, we covered Yosemite previous on on um, on, a, on another trip that I've done several years uh, back in two thousand and five, I think it was. No, two thousand. Right. So I'd already I'd already been to that part of um, part of the US. I've and I'm American and I've never been there. I've never been to the western side of the country because mm-hmm. um, I I have to fly just to get from yeah. wherever I am on the east to the west. It's it's ridiculous. I mean, yeah. there are people there are people who it's an ironic thing. There are people who drive across the country. If you know what you're doing and are a good driver and understand the route per- perfectly, you can do it in about five and a half to six days, driving 12 hours a day, but it's quite a haul. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lady at my university, a, a classmate of mine, she had to drive across across the country because she couldn't take her domestic rat on an airplane. <laughs> so she- well, so, well, she had a pet rat and she, yeah. she wanted to drive the rat back home. So she had to drive across the country just to get the rat home. So mm-hmm. yeah. people do weird <laughs> things like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think it was in America where someone got barred. They were trying to take their emotional support peacock onto, a, on, onto an airplane. I read some. Yeah, that, bird, that bird's not going to fly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, excuse me while I take my guide python onto the yeah. But you know, you know what really, you know what really scares me. So I mean, um, I I was a guide dog user. Um, I had a, a wonderful guide dog from Guiding Eyes for the Blind um, in New York City, <clears throat> um, and and she was she was wonderful. And I I completely support guide dogs. I support guide dogs a hundred percent, and I I do not, and I never support people with fake service dogs or fake that you know i'm sorry you know okay here we go by by the way i see i see the hateful emails now if you want to send any an email right now you can't help yourself aaron's opinion six at gmail.com i'd be happy to hear from you really i would 
and I, I, I should talk about this topic more because it bothers me and it's important. I'm fed up with fake service dogs, fake guide dogs, fake guide peacocks. I'm just, just fed up with it, okay? Can you please just let the people with the real guide dogs go about their business? It's, on, it's about the laws of our country and the states and they wanna be able to accommodate guide dogs and service dogs and then they said that if it's emotional support, you can say it's a service. <sighs> I don't know what to do. It, it's, do, do, you, do you ever encounter the same problem in England? What do you think? I've had, we've had challenges, most definitely. Oh, um, really? Had, well, um, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. I've, I've never noticed, I mean, I lived in England for three months, but I never mm -hmm. noticed fake service dogs, but I'm sure they're there, right? I'm sure there's problems, right? Yeah. Um, we've, we've, I would say, I mean, I, I have supported guide dogs. I'm, I'm now onto my sixth dog. So, I mean, I've had a dog for like 27, uh, 27 years. Um, there is another organization that recently became affiliated um and oh the uh, the guide dog alliance i think that's what they uh, that, that, that's what they're called but guide, guide dogs is the main you know is the main one but we do we, we have had a lot of challenges with people still um even now in in, you know, in 2020 i think i think guide dogs commissioned a survey a couple of years ago where they said you know, seventy percent of service dog owners still have problems accessing uh, black cab, um, accessing taxis, or yeah. getting access to. Um, I, I, <clears throat> I had a rather bad experience at a, at a major hotel chain when mm. I was basically told to sit in sit in the corner of a restaurant because I might because we because I might I, I might offend other people having the you know having having the dog with me. Um, oh other other people might. No, and no, no. We yeah. eventually. It, it, yeah. I, I, to cut a lot, to cut a rather long story short, we we eventually managed to um, get the money back from the from the time we we're in there and and oh good and, and compensate and they compensated us by offering us a free night's accommodation. Um, at the, at the well, I'm I'm glad I'm well. Say well, well. Thank you for doing the right thing, Paul. Yeah. I would have I would have put my foot down. And not not acceptable. I would have yeah. I would have stood up for myself too. So good. So yeah. good on I, you. Good on you. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I've talked about it before, too, with the problems we're having with Uber and taxi cabs. Yes. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, you at home, you're going to say, oh, you're being mean, you're being discriminatory by saying this. Well, the truth of it is, is that sometimes people who drive taxis come from countries where they may not have the same knowledge that we do in, in, our, in our countries. So it's a very, very typical problem that a lot of, a lot of these drivers sometimes, in, in my opinion, are discriminatory on purpose. Other times they are just as often discriminatory out of, out of blissful ignorance, meaning they simply maybe come from a third world country and they just don't know about it. They just simply don't have the knowledge. Either way, the companies need to have laws and they need to educate the drivers and say, look, in this country, here's how it works. The better question is, why don't the black cab companies educate the drivers? What do you think about that? I think education is a, is a huge thing because <clears throat> I think one of, the, one of the big problems I'm, through my experiences has been that some, sometimes you literally get people who just don't want to, don't, don't want to engage with you. You can you can be try and try and be as reasonable. You can reason with them as much as you like, but if someone has if someone has a problem, I mean, I've even had, I, I can't remember where I was now, but there was um, there was one there was there was um, one particular occasion when I, I I pointed out that the dog was a mobility aid, 
that she was entitled to be in the place. And the guy basically turned around it's, to me and said, "Oh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I slightly, you started to speak a little, a little quickly there with your sorry. British English. I, did, I didn't quite catch it. The dog was, the dog was T A what? I say it again. So, so I, I tried to gain, gain access to a, to a particular venue, right, with, with my guide dog and. Mm -hmm. The person on the door basically said, "You know, you, you can't bring that you can't bring that dog in here." Right. So yeah, I I tried to reason with him. Um, oh, okay. But he was, I mean, he actually he he actually went as far as saying to me, "Your know, people like you would not be tolerated in my country." Oh my I, God. All I, right. You know what? I would have just walked away. I would have just walked away. Oh, fine. You don't need you my to. money then. I would have just walked away yeah. from him. Sometimes you have to. But yeah. I remember one occasion where we lit, we the, the tables were totally turned because we we turned up at um, an Indian an Indian restaurant not not so far uh, from what, from where we lived. We walked in and initially we met with the opposition of you really can't bring that dog in here, um, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And we 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 got into this got into this discussion and during during the course of the of the discussion I actually said to him, "Is it because you're perhaps frightened of dogs?" To which he admitted. So, well, yes, but the the the, the, cr the crutch the crutch that they lean on is fear. Yeah. But it's what they're really leaning on. In my opinion, is yeah. they're leaning on the social norms of their country and their society. Yeah. But eventually, eventually, we persuaded them that they that it's well because I said to them, let, let us come in. If the dog causes any problems, we you know we we will leave. There won't be a problem. And. By the end of the meal, they actually they were coming up. They were they were they were giving the dog tidbits, which was in itself something. Um, I did say to them afterwards. Well, actually, you know, the dog is a working dog, so it's probably not a good idea. But it was great to see, it was great to see the transition over the course. Yeah, that's be, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Absolutely, absolutely <clears throat> not. Um, I think I think at one point when I said please don't give the dog any more poppadoms. The, the guy jokingly turned to me and said, oh, very well, sir. Um, is, he, is the dog now ready for the vindaloo? And I, was like, <laughs> <laughs> I think I referred the poppadoms. <laughs> it was hilarious. Okay, I yeah. think, you know what, in my, in my heart, and you know what, I, I've been in those situations yeah. where you feel very, very frustrated, very mm. awkward, very embarrassing, very un uncomfortable situation. Looking at it from the situations I've been in, and from my bird's eye view of that, I would have just laughed along and said, yeah, yeah. I would have said, I would have said, well, no, um, N Nani was my dog's name. I would have said, well, no, Nani's full, but yes, please. I would love some more Vindaloo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would have just taken him up on yeah. it. Hey, he's giving yeah. it to the dog. Why don't I get to eat it? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. And sometimes um, even in France, I've faced some discrimination when yeah. I, when I took my guide dog there, there was one store where they just said, Hey, you know, no, thanks. You need, you need to leave, you know, or yeah. there was one, there was one weird one where it was like, um, a sub shop. I, it, this is, they were just teenagers. So it wasn't really, a, I didn't really make it, I didn't need to make a big scene about it, but there were these teenagers in this sub shop and I was taking a course to perfect my French and me and some classmates we would always go out i remember it now we would go out to this one particular shop and um buy buy sandwiches you know and we, we went there for a few weeks and about the third weekend of me going um one of the workers i it's, it was looking back it was just kind of odd she comes out and you know i'm translating the meaning of the conversation you know excuse me sir you know i see you've been bringing your your guide dog into our shop a lot 
you know, why is that? I said, basically, I explained in French, well, she, she's a guide dog, so she's allowed. And then she said, yeah, okay, but um, my manager just doesn't want dogs in the shop anyway. So there's certain little things that you have to let go and certain other things that you have to make an issue of. So I was like, oh, okay, I just won't, I just won't buy sandwiches from them. Not that, not the end of the world, you know, but, yeah. but some, sometimes there's, you know, just very, uh, very odd, very odd situations um, can, can occur mm -hmm. with those, with those types, you know, with those types of things. Um, but um, that's, that's really, that's really fast. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting stories about that, but that's, that's all really fascinating. And then did you, now have you gotten into podcasting yourself? Because you have, a, you have a lot of material, you know. It, I haven't actually, no. Um, I thought about it a few times, but it's not something I've actually um, pursued. Hmm. Well, I think you should. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think you have a very interesting story. Mm -hmm. And, um. Thank you. And now, how did you get, can, how did you make the connection with uh, Matthias, by the way? It was through, I, the, the block of flats where I live in, um, I've, Matthias is, I've, I've seen him around a few times and it was, um, cause he worked with, um, it was, a, a Pete Sands, um, one, one of the tenants here introduced me and, um, had explained that Matthias was looking for people who, had, you know, had been successful and wanted to interview um, uh, successful uh, people, people <coughs> with visual impairment. And, and th that's how we forged the connection. Um, the original plan was, for, was to do one interview. We've actually done three now. And I think there may be, there may be more in the pipeline. I'm not sure at this stage. I certainly hope so. I interviewed him. Mm -hmm. And um, he's interviewed me, I think, listener, I think you guys can tune into his episode. Well, I don't know. He said October. He did say it was, it takes him a little bit longer um, to edit, um, which I don't do. I just kind of have a freestyle where I just record, send it in, you know, push play and then go, you know, a very open, you know, I just push out as much content as, as possible these days. Um, but I... Um, so I want you to know that this was a really, 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 really enjoyable episode. Um, <clears throat> um, and do you have any, do you have any like final questions? I mean, I, I ask you a lot, but what do you want to ask me? Oh, <laughs> nothing like being put on the spot. Um, <laughs> okay, here, um, here, I'll put, I'll put you on the spot. Okay. Um, um, I don't know. Do you have any questions for me? <laughs> I, I can't think of anything at, at the moment, no. <laughs> well, I will certainly, I will certainly send this episode to you. I will certainly, um, since we spoke so highly and so much of Travel Lives, I will send this episode to them. Mm -hmm. um, I think they would enjoy hearing it. I think that considering that they are not able to plan trips, I think a great reward for them would be to hear all the great stories that we have been having with them as a sense of, a sense of motivation for them. Um, and you are, <clears throat> you are always welcome on my podcast anytime you want to come back and record episode two. I'm really looking forward to always having you here, man. And mm -hmm. I will certainly look up that Jubilee uh, Sailing Trust 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean this from the bottom of my heart. If you ever hear about a sailing trip for blind people around the world, if you want to go sailing, just reach out to me because Aaron Richmond, Aaron's opinion, absolutely wants to go. Um, okay. There are, at this moment, there are a couple restrictions, but probably if the boat leaves from maybe Florida or the Caribbean, I could probably, I could probably arrange for myself to be there. Um, or maybe Hawaii or a state like that. I can't get into England at the moment, but these, anyway, these types of trips take a while to plan. So you kind of have to plan it ahead of time. So if you know anything, as I said, just you already have my email or after, after this episode, I'll send you the WhatsApp group that I'm on. That is for my show. WhatsApp is far easier than email. You're welcome to WhatsApp. All right. Okay. That's great. All right, everybody. I enjoyed that. If you have any any opinions, complaints, concerns, or questions, Aaron's opinion six at gmail.com. I don't know why you're so afraid to email. I don't know. Maybe you'll think you might be afraid of my opinion or something. All right, then, everybody. Well, you have a very good evening. Um, have a very good evening there in the UK. And as I like to say, you're always welcome. Have a good day today and a great day tomorrow. Come stay and play at Live Casino and Hotel. Welcome to one of the biggest casinos in the country with luxurious clean rooms, upscale dining, and the grandest payouts. Now offering stay and play and all in packages, including $50 free slot play, VIP parking, VIP casino access, and more. Book now at livecasino.com or call 443-445-2929 at Arundel Mills. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgambling.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Duncan's new wake-up go-tos mean you never have to choose between breakfast meats again. Now you can get a wake-up wrap with bacon and a wake-up wrap with sausage for $3. That's savory and sweet, crispy and spicy. It's everything you love about breakfast for $3. Wake up your day with new wake-up go-tos. Get two egg and cheese wraps for $2 or mix and match your favorite meats with two bacon, ham, sausage, or turkey sausage wraps for $3. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Exclusions apply. Limited time offer.